8world.net presents an exclusive interview with Amanda Tapping, Colonel Samantha Carter, on Stargate SG-1. Hi, this is David Reed, and I'm on the phone with the lovely Amanda Tapping. Amanda, it has been too long. I know, way too long. Yes. What have I been up to? <laughs> Kept me away from you for this long. <laughs> Gate, Gate World recently received photos for Grace Under Pressure. Ah. I can honestly go on the record right here. Since being a, since becoming a mother, you look better than ever. Oh my God, thank you. I, you know what? I actually that's very sweet of you. I just watched Grace Under Pressure with uh, Martin Wood and David Hewlett, uh-huh. and then one sort of fantasy sequence. I went, Oh my God! I look like a woman who just had a baby. What was I thinking? Oh, uh, no. But uh, yeah, it was that was fun. That was a fun episode for you. Right. Well, great. We're gonna be uh, discussing that one. We'll be talking about that. Yes. Let's get right down to it. How is Olivia, and how is motherhood treating you? I, I love it. Olivia's fantastic. She's eight months old now. Wow. She's got teeth. <laughs> and I'm still breastfeeding, so, ow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm figuring that one out. But, no, she's amazing. She's a really intense uh, baby. She's really, like, a joyful little spirit. She's not a colicky baby. She's not fussy. She's really happy. Really? Very, very lucky. Does she's she... not sleeping through the night, but other than that, does she take a lot of of uh, tending to? Does she cry a lot? Does she, do you find yourself up several times a night instead of just she a couple? She just wakes up and she's teething and she wants comfort. And, yeah, but she doesn't cry. She just wakes up and like, lets you know she's awake. Right. You know, does a little wah-wah and then gets, makes sure you get up. Right. And because the house we're living in right now is very small, she's in our room with us. Oh. <laughs> so it's not like you can sort of pretend that you Right. Well, I hear her now. Yeah, there she is. <laughs> She's reading The Hungry Caterpillar. Oh, she is? Oh, that's a good book. <laughs> yeah, no, she's great. She's awesome. Great. You've been very fortunate to get to bring on the baby on set with you this past season. It's our understanding that you uh, also have a babysitter when you're shooting scenes. Were there any unexpected challenges, and did you find this year to be more of a joy with family literally on set with you? Good question. Um, first of all, hugely challenging. I came back when Olivia was like six weeks old, uh-huh. and I was exhausted. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> just given birth, I was still getting used to being a new mom. I had to live sleeping, but she wasn't sleeping. We were still figuring out the whole breastfeeding thing. And mm. My body and the hormones and all sorts of wacky, nutty stuff. And right. I said, what, 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 what was I thinking? Yeah. But um, I do, I have a, a nanny who meets me at work. And uh, sits in the trailer and watches Olivia while I'm on set. But when I'm not on set, I'm in the trailer, feeding her, playing with her, changing her. You know, so it's full on. So right. I'm very lucky in that I get to be a full-time mom and a full-time actor. Right. But I'm also very exhausted because I'm a full-time mom and a full-time Right, actor. exactly. So the challenge was timing. That's all, that was the biggest challenge, was, you know, getting up at four in the morning to breast milk and or feed the baby and try to learn, learn lines. And I'm sitting in my living room in the middle of the night thinking, oh my God, this is my life. Yeah. I'm being totally shattered all the time. I'm just being completely exhausted. Right. Who? <laughs> Do we like these aliens? <laughs> um, that was the challenge. I just feel like I had to, like I really didn't want to not give 100% of because I'd agree to go back. You know? Right. And so I didn't want to just they're on autopilot. Yeah, exactly. And I'm too much of a perfectionist to, to have allowed that anyway. 
Right. So, and because I'm a perfectionist, I also have to be a perfect mom. So <laughs> I've now allowed myself the fact that I'm not perfect, that I make a lot of mistakes, and that that's okay. Yeah, right. Uh, that, but it's all timing. It's all time to kind of get just enough sleep to kind of feed the baby. And, you know, running, literally there was, there was one time where I ran from set, unstrapped my gun, ran from set to my trailer, unzipped my vest, unzipped my jacket, lifted up my t-shirt, popped the baby on my and went, okay, okay, we can do this. Time to be a mother now. <laughs> I'm a mom. Yeah. Well, hi, Olivia. Mommy's going to go build some invisible safar right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of goofy. Has this been the most difficult year for you because of all this? It has been. Yeah. It's been the most challenging. It's also, like you said, it's been the most joyful because no matter what's going on, I can walk into my trailer and see this cherubic little face. Right. You know? Exactly. So it's perspective building. I'll tell you that much. I mean, part of part of the challenge, like I said, is balancing it and finding the right timing. But it's also kind of a joy. It's forcing you to find balance. Of course, yes. You know, I'm not like all stargate all the time. It's, right. I, I can actually disassociate myself from it. You know, right. It's, it's, you know, really enjoy being a mom. And then run back on the set and really enjoy being an actor because I've got balance uh-huh. for the uh-huh. first time. Right. You, uh, you popped on set every once in a while during your maternity leave. I did. Um, was it odd coming back into the show at Beachhead? You know what? Honestly, it was so hard. Really? Yeah. It was because I really felt like the show had moved on without me. Yeah. Well, in many I ways got it there had. and there was like this whole established group dynamic yeah. before them. And, you know, Ben was new and Bo was new and Claudia was new. And I just thought, well, I don't know how I fit into this new show. Yeah. And plus I was very insecure. I mean, I was coming back, like I said, as a new mom and Right. Six people, baby, and I didn't know how that was going to work. And, you know, I was insecure about a lot of things, you know, my physicality and everything. And so I was, it was very emotional because I just had a But that didn't last very long. Okay, good. It was just a matter of getting getting my food back. You know, um, once I once I sort of figured out where I was, figured out Sam Carter again. Right. Oh yeah. Oh her. Oh yeah. <laughs> that one girl. <laughs> that, yeah, that one. So yeah, then then it was good. But initially, at first, yeah, it was very difficult. It was more difficult than I thought it would be. Right. Well, most of the material that you uh, have shot now, we haven't seen yet. So we're true. all we're all still waiting for our Carter fix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she comes back. Right. There there are a couple of great shows that we've been hearing about, and I, I can't wait to discuss them with you. Um, Claudia Black. Um, She's been confirmed as a full-fledged cast member for season 10. How do you think this will affect Carter's presence, and what do you think Fallon's contribution will be, besides the occasional snide comment to make it perfectly logical for her to join SG-1? Because, <laughs> as evidence in the first five shows, she's not quite yet team material. And I know a lot of fans are going to hate me for saying that, you know, oh, you're a bad Stargate fan, but, but as wonderful as Claudia is, the Valet element does not quite jive yet. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they work it. Yeah. The way that the, sh- the season ends is uh, big. Yeah. It's a big revelation at the end of, of season nine. <laughs> um, I'm glad Claudia is back full time cast member. She's really awesome, and her character is amazing. Yes. I don't know how it will affect Carter. I hope that it doesn't have a uh, a negative effect on my character, or that I'm I'm you know diminished. 
Right. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know what the writers have in store. Uh, I think it's widely known that I've been asked to do both shows next year. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea to what to happen. Mm-hmm. And nobody told me. Um, I heard, I've heard rumors that I'm doing 10 and 10, but I actually don't, I don't think that that's true. Okay. Um, all I was told when I negotiated was, uh, to be available for both shows. Okay. So, um, I don't know if that means that Claudia is gonna, gonna take on a bigger role and I will take on a lesser role in this one. I, I honestly have no idea. It's a little daunting, actually. I'm yeah. Intimidated by the whole thought of it because I feel very much that my place is on SP1. Right. And not necessarily on it. And I think Atlantis is a place where I can go once in a while and pop my head in and, you know, help me take stuff out, but I, I'm not sure that my place is there. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't know. I mean, our writers are so, uh, incredible the way they read this tapestry that they're building uh-huh. that I'm sure they'll find a way to make it all work. Oh, sure. Oh, but, sure. Um, but, um, to be totally honest with you, I have no idea. And when I asked my manager when, when the contract was being negotiated, they said, well, how many episodes are these going to do? They don't want to say. I'll be darned. Yeah, they don't want to say. So, um, I know you've heard 10 and 10. And yeah. I've heard 10 and 10, but I've also heard, you know, 5 to 15, and I've also heard maybe only a couple of Atlantis. So, I honestly don't know. Okay. Not, you may know more than I. <laughs> well, I hope <laughs> I not, because uh, we, we had you at 10 and 10, and it's like, yeah, oh. Yeah, and that was a rumor that I had heard. But right. then when I asked my manager, he said, no, they won't. Okay. That's got to be both exciting and terrifying. It is. It is both exciting and terrifying. It's exciting in that, you know, it opens up a whole new territory for Carter. It's terrifying in that, what does that mean for Carter and for Clayton? Right, exactly. And that's where my heart is. You know, that's where my home is. And that's where the character works. Um, so I don't, you know, and in terms of Claudia's character, Vala, I don't I don't know whether Vala will become a full-fledged member of SC1 or what that means, whether we'll have a five-member team. Or, you know, I, I honestly don't know. I hope it doesn't mean that she's going to be Carter. Right. But I don't, uh, I don't know. And on top of that... I know it'll be fun. It'll be, you know, oh, certainly. the character is so well-written. Right. It's just a matter of how they're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would Carter be doing in the City of the Ancients anyway, besides uh, being the Zelenka to, to McKay? Yeah, you know what? Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, Carter and McKay have an amazing chemistry. Yeah. And David and I do uh, as well. And, and we really enjoy playing off of each other. So, like I said, I can see her popping in every now and again and sort of saying, hey, you know, you need somebody smarter than you to figure this out. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I don't know. I don't know whether they'll use the military expertise or, or what. It's really interesting because they've got such a well-rounded cast of characters. Right. So, um, but let's you know, there's been no, there was never any discussion with me uh, about moving over to that show. There was never, you know, would you like to go to Atlantis or um, this is how we can be better service your character or anything like that. There was never, are you, you know, would you be happy going to Atlantis? Are you unhappy on anyone? Nothing like that. There's, mm-hmm. ever, there's never, ever been a discussion like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not like it was calculated move. It was simply uh, let's keep our options open. is the way I'm understanding. Right. Um, Rob Cooper and Brad Wright never sat down with me because he really wanted to go to the ever. Um, That's so, probably a good sign. Yeah. So it's not it's not like, you know, they're, they're getting rid of me or they're moving me over or, or anyone from the planet to change this place at all. My understanding is I may pop my head in now. Right. And 
How was being on Atlantis? Well, it was really fun. Or being in the puddle jumpers. Fun, but really, all, the only person I got to play was with David. Right. Um, which, you know, it's fantastic because he is yeah. wonderful. And this episode, Grace Under Pressure, is just such a good job. He just carries a full arc in this character. It's so beautiful. That's really fun. It's really fun hey. to play with him. And it was fun to go over a lot of the... Hi, Olivia. <laughs> a lot of the, uh, the... Some of our Stargate crew that moved over to Atlanta. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, I'm always, I'm always happy when I get younger and the water. Yeah, it's been since season six, I think. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's been a while. Nice to get back to the pool. <laughs> exactly. Martin Giro. I was, I was talking to Martin Giro a few days ago, and he said uh, that not only race under pressure, it is a, it is a spoof. In, in terms of the title, it is a spoof of Grace now that it's under pressure, but it's also its own show. Yeah. And he kind of wanted to take that, a lot of those elements from Grace, and throw it into a McKay dynamic. Did you feel that they were repeating themselves a lot, or does it remain its own story? It remains its own story. Good. Yeah. It remains its own story in so many ways. I, I mean, certainly the premise is very similar, and, and it is, you know, they call the Grace under pressure, they didn't make any bones about it. Right. But um, it remains its own story. And Good. Martin Garrow did so funny. Isn't he awesome? He's so funny. This is the thing about all the writers on Stargate that I don't know if everyone understands this, but they've all got a Yes. And, you know, they may write this incredibly serious piece where they, you know, they're sci-fi writers, but they should all be writing comics every single <laughs> Martin Garrett's hilarious. Damien Kindler. Mm-hmm. Meet him in person. He's such a funny guy. Yes, so yes. intelligent and so witty. Paul and Joe... Oh, the duo. They're hilarious. Yeah. Rob, I mean, every, and Brad, they all have these crazy senses. We know we've got new people coming in. Who, you know, and I don't know if it's a criteria to work on the show that you have to have a good sense but it pays off. It yes, it does. Because a lot of our writers are really, really funny. It just, it, maybe it's just really infectious in the office, you know. Oh, hey, like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been doing this show for a quarter of your entire life. Thanks so much. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a fact. I mean, it's, it's astounding. It's true. Yeah, um, And, uh, again, here's another one of those fan questions. It's going to be like, oh, no, what is he trying to do? What's he trying to say? But this, this is you know, so serious. Can you honestly see yourself doing this when Olivia is in grade school, wanting mom to help her out with homework? At what point will the sacrifice be too great? Um, yeah, you know, when she's in school, I can Hours. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a fantastic show to work on. Yeah. I've never said anything other than that because it's absolutely true. Right. It's an amazing experience and it's been a great ride. But there's also a point when you say, when is it time to move on? Yeah. When, you know, and the fans, I think, will find, will probably help that along. Yeah. And they'll probably go, okay, that's, that's been fun. <laughs> now right. everyone go off to do different things. Right. Um, but always, always, always my priority will have to be Olivia. Exactly, always. yeah. Right. And that's not even, it's not even, it doesn't even feel like a sacrifice, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But right now, it works out. Last year, when she was a baby, it was wonderful to have her on set. This year, she's coming back with me every day, and we'll see how that goes with a little one-year-old running around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just, you know, we play it by ear. Right now, they've sort of optioned us for a couple of years, and we'll see what happens. Right. Well, Rick worked with Wiley in the studio worked with Rick for what seven years? Yeah. So and and that was a country away. Yeah. 
So, thankfully, you have her just a walk away when you're on set. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's brilliant. It is totally brilliant. I, I panic when we're on location and I'm like, you know, shuttle ride away from my trailer. They don't let you bring her out there. Well, she comes She comes to, to location with me, but she stays in the trailer. So right. She's watching on fire and stuff. So right. if I have to shuttle for 10 minutes to get to my trailer, I panic. Right. It's just ridiculous when I think most mothers don't have that opportunity to be that close to their child. Yeah. So you could really get the best of both worlds. I really do. No daycare. I really just do. I, the only thing I'm sacrificing is sleep. Yeah. So I think maybe eating is for my intelligence slightly, but um, <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd like to go into a little bit more philosophical direction. Uh, sure. There's been a lot of question in my mind over the past several years uh, with statements in Bloodlines and with Threshold, and I'd like your expert opinion on this. Does Carter believe in God? Yes. She does. I think that Carter believes... Uh, believes in a higher power and Carter prays. Mm. And I don't think it's interesting because there's the argument of what science is. Right. I think science and religion are mutually exclusive. In fact, I think they blend uh, into each other very well. Right. I think they, they, they complement each other yes. really well. Um, so I do, yes, Carter does believe in God. I okay. do believe that. And I, I think that she does pray a lot. Right. Well, I would yeah. hope she would. <laughs> it's interesting. If you see my dog tag, it says that Carter is Roman Catholic. Uh-huh. On my dog tag. Uh-huh. I don't know who made that decision way back when, when the show first, you know, came into being. Um, but uh, I don't know that she's, you know, go to church every Sunday kind of gal. Yeah, I mean, even like uh, she I don't said, yes, I don't see her uh, following organized religion as uh, you know, didactically as she does. Right. <laughs> right. But, um, I guess she definitely. Right. Well, I always felt that, and I just wanted your take on that, because yeah. that's something very important in my life, and, and you see her in, in, working in these situations, and, you, and every once in a while, she'll just she'll just close her eyes and, and tuck her head down and come back up into it again, and I always wonder, what's she doing? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, this is a woman who prays, and she believes in the power of her. Yeah. Marge's excuse for being away from SGC uh, was working on the Daedalus hyperdrive at Area 51 and being with Cassie. Now... Will we see ripples from this time spent elsewhere, or perhaps a visit from Cassie herself later in the season? Oh my god, I would love it. I would love it if Cassie showed up. Um, I have no idea, but I think it would be that would be wonderful. Okay. And as for her time working on the Daedalus, I think that may come into play. I don't know. Okay. Um, we've blown up a couple of ships now, so um, we've got to have you know, got to have a new one. <laughs> Maybe the one Carter was working on will show up. <laughs> Replicator. Crazy. I mean, we blow up a ship and suddenly there's a new one. So clearly, <laughs> work has paid off. Oh well, here, here's the next one coming down the line. Yes, happen to go off the assembly line. <laughs> a crude replacer. <laughs> Replicator Carter. Ooh. What an opportunity. Replicator. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she was amazing, and I, I say that with pride because it was so cool to watch. Oh, you have a very familiar palette, a kaleidoscope of Samantha Carter, if you will, that you base every action and reaction from. Um, was it a breath of fresh air to play this new creation as narcissistic and genuinely evil? Absolutely. It's always fun to be able to delve into that side of and, and the fact that she was. Yeah. Exactly that. So narcissistic and so genuinely evil. She, she, she was the opposite. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, it's totally fun to play that. And and I think um, for me, it's it you so Sam Carter as well. It, it was finding the subtle nuances. <laughs> oh, take it. Part of the, the interesting thing with her is that because she is Carter, I and mean, she has Carter's memories, and she mm-hmm. has Carter's, she has Carter's consciousness mm-hmm. so much that she has the memories of her palette, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. she has all of that, but it's how she utilizes it. So for me, it was finding the subtle nuance between the two of them, where it was believable that they were the same beings, but also very different. Yeah. Because her whole realm of, um, you know, awakened experience with this mm-hmm. So it's tempered, even, you know, in the short time that she's with this, but she's tempered who she is. Mm-hmm. Carter's well, So it's finding the subtle nuance between the children, but also you know, the way, you know, someone who's mm-hmm. Carter's help, kid. heard about that they were wanting to do this. What was your first reaction? Oh my god, it's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. Um, it's all part of right. um, it's, it's the It's the of the religious shooting it, but also um, the amount of work, the amount of homework that goes into it. Uh-huh. Right. There's a great thought in this place. Herself, you know. I mean, yeah, I know. That's but I think it's because like, you know she knows enough about the replicators, she knows enough about Fifth to also understand that. I don't know. It was interesting. I mean, it was played well. It was played out like written well, rather that that you know replicator started saying, "I'm coming to you." And I said, "Don't go ahead." Like she gave me the opportunity to kill it. Immediately, you go well. Yeah, exactly. Sam better than she knew herself. Yes. Because... It's often the case, right? Yeah. We, we claim we know ourselves, but it often takes somebody from the outside looking at us. Yeah. You know what's better. And who better than Replicator Carter? Right. We all had a Replicator version of ourselves. Imagine <laughs> what we learn about ourselves. <laughs> Without ego and, and you know, all of that, the logistics of the way that we think and, and what we like to believe ourselves to be. Imagine if it's ego, Right. What would you learn about right. Season A was such a great season for just just for exploring uh, the characters' souls and what and yeah. what they're really made of, but also yeah. just for being like a uh, just a, a great 
a great piece of work for the entire scope of the series, you know, bottling things up and, yes, moving things on later, but just really paying homage to what you guys had created after a decade. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was a lot of fun for all of us. A lot of challenges for all of us, too, but I mean, I, I can speak for myself, and then, you know, at the end of the season, it could be Mobius play those versions of ourselves. short fanfic recently. Uh, now, now, the obvious reasons is where you had to get birth, and you had to leave for Olivia. That, that's, that's obvious. But um, this fanfic suggested that Sam quit the SGC because Replicator made her lose confidence in her abilities. And she wanted to be transferred into a position where her decisions weren't going to influence so many innocent lives. Was there some truth to this? Wow. That's fascinating. That was a, I was blown away with that. That's a really, really good answer. Wow. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, although, you know what? That would be a, that would be a wonderful explanation for why she went away. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, there's no okay. truth to it in that sense. I mean, she really did go away to see what happened. That was the first performance. Okay. And because, the, you know, the band split up. Right. The gig was over. Her mind was a lot of ways. The band split up. So, why she left, honestly, I think because the band broke up, and she, she really did want to spend time with that. But that's an interesting emotional element to add to it. To knock them, they're amazing. Yeah. But why is there never room for your director's chair? Good question. I would, I, I would love to go back. Yeah. After season seven, because I directed the last episode. Right. The last episode, I thought I did a great job. Choking on time, on budget. I thought it was well shot. It was great. Um, I was really proud of it. I was really proud of um, the way I handled the responsibility. And I honestly thought that they would give me another opportunity. That was, of course, number eight. And then, of course, season nine was completely different set of roles because I had a little bit of writing mm-hmm. I put it out there that I'm interested in directing this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it'll happen or not. Um, one of the things that will be explained to you is that it's too hard to take me out of an episode. Yeah. Well, it didn't happen in season seven. I have to say, I wasn't taken out of an episode. I had three days of prep spread out over of our season finale, uh-huh. and, and I was in the episode that I directed. Right. So, um, but in a perfect world, I would not be in the episode prior. It would be very limited in the episode prior to the one I directed, and hardly even the one I directed, and it could have been too hard to So, if I were to approach it again, I would have to say, you know, just do what you did season seven. Right. And, you know, I'll pull it off, like I did in season seven. Right. We'll pro- see if they listen. Well, Prometheus Unbound would have been perfect for you then. Yeah. Uh, 
if that was, was that Damien's, okay, this is, guys, I'm, I'm going to put my little highlighter here down here because I want Amanda to direct this one. She, we wrote her out, for, so let's, let's get her into this one. Yeah, would have been perfect. Yeah. I didn't work out that way. Uh, has the pressure of being a role model increased over the course of the show, or has it stayed the same? You know, uh, yes, wow. um, it's increased. Really? It's increased because our fan base is increased. Yeah. It's increased because the demographic is changed. It used to be that I was getting letters mostly from young women. Mm-hmm. And now I'm getting letters from, from all ages mm-hmm. of women. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from 80 plus to little kids. So in that sense, I think that the question is increased. And I think what's interesting is I'll, I, I'm now in a position where I'm more willing to stand up and fight for things that I don't think Carter would do. Mm-hmm. Whereas I would fight for them before and not always get my way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but now I feel like even more strongly. You know, I see it's a really, really bad position I'll fight for. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a lot more stake than just there's a lot of people who are <laughs> exactly, and you know, and the other characters too, in their way, right? So, yeah. But from my limited perspective of just playing Carter, the letters that I get, I feel a huge responsibility, right? And not, uh, and as a person too, like when I when I do get the opportunity to not let people down, to, you know, to live up to what they've expected. Yeah. Sometimes it's a bit much to live up to, but for the most part, it's all. So flattering and so um, gracious, you know, it's handed to me so graciously. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have to come back. So that's my character. That must have been difficult for Gemini because, like, like you said, even now you're still uncomfortable about it. But it was such a, such an elemental part of the script that you really couldn't do anything about it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There was no way I could say she wouldn't. I mean, yeah. To have. Yeah. Right. There's little things like when when Sam. Uh, when he proposed to her and when she finally said yes yeah proposal I fought that and fought that and fought that there's no way she ever said yes to the guy and then neck with him on the you know at her place of work yeah take out and, you know with all these special forces people running around and yeah Daniel and the young woman tied up and I mean come on there's no way and I begged to be yelling please don't pull back on the white she'd take him outside and around the corner and behind the car and say, oh. but she wouldn't do it on, you know. On the scene, yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> of course, that didn't happen. And I was like, oh. <laughs> well, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> <laughs> you lose some, exactly. Exactly. It was, and I, he said, I agree with you, but we still have time to take her out. She was some girl. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have time to script. The number of pages of the script has to happen. So there's times when you fight, you don't know when you get it, but she's also human, right? So I can't make her uber perfect. Exactly. She's a fallible human being. She has to stay real. That she makes mistakes that are um, sometimes based on emotion and sometimes based on ego, and and she makes the mistakes that she is Right. Exactly. So it kind of balances out. It balances out. Pete Shanahan thing. I mean, you and I were talking about this a year and a half ago, yeah. and 
there's still ripples from that one. But I I loved the character and I loved David's uh, David's portrayal of it. Oh, me too. Um, but I totally did. That it, it got to the it got into a position where there was really no other way for it to go if she was going to continue on on the show in the capacity that she's in. So yeah. it was a nice chapter. It was a nice chapter, and it was a nice you know with the way I look at it now is it really opened up her soul. It yeah. allows him to have a bit more depth. Yeah. She had a fully functioning adult relationship then. <laughs> um, you know, for the most part. <laughs> and she had some joy. I mean, she really she celebrated humor and sexuality and, you know, stuff that she had never explored before, I think, fully as a woman. Mm. And so it opened her up. Mm-hmm. And it, it gave a bit more depth to the character. And now when she goes into any situation, that's in there. Mm-hmm. You know, we all swing in the pendulum inside us that Yeah. But for all of us. Okay. Kind of like, whoa. 
David from all the things I have. Disengaged. <laughs>